0: You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on
1: ABC Channel 6.1. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services, where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truths in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. But here's the thing, but I told the Lord, hey, whatever, you know, you want me to do, I'll do it. Um, But, you know, I totally believe that where God guides, God provides, right? And God has provided everything that we've ever needed as a church. We've been here for 24 years. When we moved here, the church owned nothing. Uh, They didn't have a chair. They didn't have anything, right? And we just had Bible studies, and God brought people to support the church financially. God brought people to help us buy a building, and it really had nothing to do with me. Uh, I just, I'm just the guy who teaches the Bible, uh, and God takes care of the other stuff. And so if you wonder, well, how does Calvary Chapel function, uh, you know, if you don't beg for money every week? Well... God created the universe, he started the earth in its rotation, he put the sun there with this superpower, and so He can provide for Calvary Chapel Caldwell if he wants to, (laughs) I mean, he's not limited by you or me or anybody else. And so, uh, you know, Paul was supported by churches from Macedonia, Philippi, Thessalonica, Berea, and others. They supported Paul financially, but he didn't want support from Corinth because he didn't want them to, you know, say, well, that Paul, he's all about the money. And and, in Matthew 10, verse 40, Jesus said, he who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. He who receives a prophet in the name of the prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. What does that mean? Well, it means that if you support somebody in ministry, you get part of the reward in heaven, right? So, for example, this Sunday night, we baptized 20 people, and almost all of them, I asked them, when did you ask Jesus in your life? And almost all of them said, you know, a couple months ago, six months ago, whatever this summer you know whatever this year and and i said where at and almost all of them said here at church right now some of these people it seemed like i'd never seen them before but anyway they said they got shaved here at church they got baptized now here's the good news those of you who support the church here calvary chapel caldwell you're going to get to heaven and for those people that got saved, you're going to get rewards in heaven, right? Why? Well, because Jesus said if you support a prophet, you get the prophet's rewards. So when we get to heaven, all the people that get saved here are going to go on your account. Now, when you think about this, the Corinthian church had the opportunity to invest in the Apostle Paul's ministry, right, financially, and they didn't. And, and I would say that probably the greatest blunder of any group of Christians in the history of the church was these people not investing in Paul, right? Because you imagine when Paul gets to heaven, I mean, mind-blowing. I mean, that guy preached the gospel city after city after city. I mean, thousands and thousands of people got saved. I mean, he was just a force, and they didn't invest in that, right? I mean, people wonder, what should I invest in, right? Should I invest in Apple? Is he gonna go bankrupt? How about Enron? That'll be good. Uh, Or should I invest in, you know, uh, whatever it is that people think they should invest in? Uh, And they didn't invest in Paul, so, you know, they missed out on it, right? And and so for me, uh, I just think that it's so good that, you know, Paul is just saying, look, God instituted this whole thing of giving and tithing, and he's saying to them, I have the right to receive financial support, but I'm not doing it. In verse 16, he said, for if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of, uh, for necessity is laid upon me. Yes, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. In other words, Paul's saying, look, uh, you know, he's saying, I didn't preach the gospel for money, right? I don't need your money. I didn't care about your money, and and it's just what God called me to do. Verse 17, for if I do this willingly, I have a reward, but if against my will, I have been entrusted with a stewardship, so what is my reward then? Uh, That when I preach the gospel, I may present the gospel of Christ without charge, that I may not abuse my authority in the gospel. So, The Apostle Paul had great authority in the early church, and he didn't want to abuse his authority and misrepresent the Lord. So Paul didn't receive any financial support from the church at Corinth. Now, he did receive support from other churches, but he didn't from this particular church. Uh, In verse 19, it kind of made me think about it. Now, you might be thinking, wow, that's crazy that, that Paul wouldn't receive money from them. I remember hearing Pastor Chuck Smith tell this story about this guy comes into his office and says, you know what, Pastor Chuck? uh, I think I want to donate to Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa, and I don't remember the number. It was like five million dollars or something, and Pastor Chuck said, okay, I'll pray about it, and I'm like, what? <laughs> you gonna pray about it, and then Pastor Chuck said God told him to tell the guy, uh, no, I don't think you should give us five million dollars, and I was like, whoa, what is wrong with him, and anyway, he had a reason for it, but he told the guy not to give him the money, and then, uh, yeah, and then I, I had a similar uh, situation, but it's a weird story, so I'm not going to say. But in verse 19, he says, uh, not $5 million, but uh, anyway, I had a guy who's like, hey, we're going to give the church all this money if a bunch of weird stuff, and I said, that's weird. We're not going to do that. Verse 19, uh, for though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win the more, and to the Jews, I become uh, as a Jew that I might win Jews to those who are under the law as under the law, that I might win those who are under the law to those who are without law as without law, not being without law towards God, but under the law towards Christ that I might win those who are without the law. So Paul wanted to minister to everyone he could. And he's not saying that he would be lawless in order to minister to lawless people. Now, some people in the church today confuse this. Paul wasn't saying, Hey, I just did all kinds of lawless stuff to minister to heathen people. And there are pastors and churches where the pastors think they need to be current so they have to cuss during the sermons to be relevant. And in fact, I shared with you guys a couple of years ago about a pastor in New York. Uh, he was a Hillsong pastor, Carl Lentz. And uh, he thought he needed to be cool to relate. And he would take uh, shots with Justin Bieber at, you know, bars. And I showed you a picture of him taking shots with Justin. And uh, it turns out uh, that wasn't good for him because uh, you know, taking shots, you get bonsai'd, and then you end up doing things you shouldn't do, and so find, come find out a couple years ago that, you know, he was having a long-term affair with this Muslim woman who wasn't even a Christian, and uh, anyways, yeah, so you, Paul's not saying be lawless, that, that will make you a better pastor, right, no, that will ruin your life, he, he's just saying, look, we want to meet people where they're at, In verse 20 says, to the weak I became as weak, that I might win the weak, and I have become all things to all men that I might by all means save some. In other words, Paul's saying that there are liberties that we have and there's rights that we have, but sometimes we put them away in order to reach people for Jesus so they can get saved. And Paul wanted to win as many people as he could for Jesus Christ. And so being sensitive to their needs, he tried to identify with them. And, and you know, we want to reach people uh, where they're at. And so uh, important for us to realize that we live in such a time as we live, right? And our world's kind of crazy, but it was crazy in the 70s. You know, when Calvary Chapel started in the 70s, uh, it was the hippie movement, and my wife and I just got to see this uh, new movie coming out. I think, I don't know when it's coming out, but it's Greg Laurie. uh, It's called Jesus Revolution, and it's about the uh, revival that happened in the 70s, and Calvary Chapel was right in the middle of it. And uh, a bunch of these hippies started coming to Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, where Pastor Chuck was kind of this, you know, he's a very serious dude. Never got high, never got stoned, wore a suit, uh, talked really slow, right? And then all these hippies are coming, and they were barefoot. And you ever see people who go around barefoot all summer long, you know, what the bottom of their feet look like? They're all black and tarry. And so uh, they would put their toes in the cup holders in the, in the, in the chairs. And, and so, uh, you know, the board... The elders said, hey, look, these hippies are ruining the carpet. They're coming in with their black feet and getting goo on the carpet. And and uh, and so, you know, Pastor Chuck had his daughter bring a hippie home. And so Pastor Chuck meets this hippie guy, and, and his wife says, look, we should pray for these people. They're lost. They need Jesus. Now, whatever you think the weird people of our society are, that was the hippies back then. Right? If you were a normal person who had a normal job, and then you see these long-haired dudes with bell-bottoms and no shoes and they didn't have any. I don't, I don't think they had peers. I don't know what they had, but uh, they were on drugs. That was for sure, right? I mean, well, r- imagine in the 70s, LSD was legal because the government didn't know what it was. Timothy Leary invented it in San Francisco, and they're just passing it out. People are getting high, doing drugs. Yay. Woo. Anyway, uh, but here's the thing. So, Pastor Chuck said, hey, look, we're going to tear up the carpet. If, if we're concerned about the carpet, we're going to rip up the carpet. These people need Jesus, and so we want to Do everything we can to reach them. So you know uh, they didn't tear up the carpet, but uh, you know they let the hippies come in, and and uh, you know they actually then they bought houses for the hippies to live in, and and so this movie Jesus Revolution that is going to be out soon. uh, Greg Laurie lived in one of those houses, right? And he was a hippie guy, and uh, and and now here we are. Greg Laurie is seventy years old, and Susan and I were at his church a couple weeks ago, and he's still preaching the gospel, and there are thousands of people getting saved uh, through what he's doing and and he was one of those people and and how did that happen it was just that pastor chuck wasn't stuck in the past even though he didn't like those hippies in fact pastor chuck would say they need to cut their hair and get a job you know he was kind of a straight dude and and uh, but the lord worked in his heart and and so Whatever you think the weird people are in our culture, we need to pray for them and invite them to church. And we, wanna, we want them to get saved, right? We don't want to look at them and say, hey, you loser, you're going to hell, too bad, right? No, we want to pray for them, invite them to church. We want to show the gospel. With them. And that's what Paul's saying. Do whatever we can to meet them where they're at. Verse 20 says, Do you not know that those who run in the race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. For everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now, they do not obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown, therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, thus I fight not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body that I may bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. So Paul said, I live a disciplined life to reach the goal of reaching as many people as I can for Jesus without disqualifying myself. So he's not saying that I'm going to go to bars and start drinking to reach you know, people in the bars. I'm not going to, like, move to Portland and start shooting heroin so I can minister to... He's saying, look, I want to do everything I can, but I-, I need to make sure that I finish myself, right? I need to finish well. So, he said, I live a disciplined life. Now, here's the good news. Wherever you're at in your course with Jesus, if you get off course, that we can come and say, Lord, help me to get on the right path. Lord, help me to follow you. You can change your course today, Wh- wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, right? And Jesus... Uh, you know, came so that we could be forgiven, and so whatever's going on in your life, the Lord wants to forgive you. If you're here tonight and you've never accepted Jesus, the first step is to ask the Lord to forgive your sin and to help you to get back on the right path, and so John, First John one nine says this, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, so we just confess and say, Lord, I I, I got problems. I need your help. Forgive me. Help me to get on the right path. Help me to do what you want me to do. And as you do that, God will help you to experience all the great things that he has for you. So if you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we're going to give you an opportunity to do that tonight. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. And we thank you, Lord, for these truths about the church and about how things should function. And we do pray, Lord, that if there's anyone here who uh, needs to repent of their sins, Lord, that they can confess their sins you your faithful and just to forgive them and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so we just thank you, Lord. IN JESUS' NAME. AMEN.
0: THANK YOU FOR JOINING US FOR TODAY IN THE Word. WE'D LIKE TO SHARE WITH YOU A COUPLE OF THINGS THAT ARE GOING ON HERE AT CALVARY CHAPEL. CALVARY CHAPEL Caldwell IS NOW HIRING FULL-TIME AND PART-TIME POSITIONS FOR OUR EXCITING CALVARY KIDS LEARNING CENTER. IF YOU ENJOY WORKING WITH CHILDREN FROM NEWBORN THROUGH KINDERGARTEN, PLEASE GIVE US A CALL AT 453-9653. POSITIONS ARE MONDAY THROUGH FRIDAY with our availability to fit your schedule. To learn more about these exciting opportunities, please call 453-9653. We look forward to meeting with you.
1: Calvary Chapel Caldwell would like to invite you to our Saturday night service at 7 p.m. This is an alternative for those who cannot make it to our Sunday morning services. Like us on Facebook at Calvary Chapel Caldwell or check out our website at calvarycaldwell.com. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. on The CW, channel 2.2. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services, where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truth in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you
0: might enjoy a better life. If you would like a copy of Pastor Bob's message today in its entirety, you can call us at 208-453-9653 during the hours of 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you're not currently attending a church and are in the Caldwell area, May you have a great day.
1: is you